0: Welcome to Sober Company, a podcast about modern sobriety. My name is Lacey.
1: My name's Nick.
0: And today we talk about our favorite subject ever, sober sex. Oh, wow. I made sure to really articulate that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a parental warning if either of Nick or my parents... Happen to be listening to this. This is the time when you shut this down. Are they,
1: They're they not going to listen to any of these podcasts. I hope right? not, but
0: <laughs> on, it's very important for me that I can speak sure. openly and honestly and not have to worry about my parents uh, listening I'm, to I'm this. glad that
1: you put that out there.
0: So Nick and I went to this event recently held by the sober, curious woman, Ruby Warrington. She wrote the book and has a podcast and and is, in general, a wonderful and amazing and intelligent and warm human being. I think we're both big fans of hers. Mm -hmm. And she hosted this event at this bar we're lucky enough to have nearby in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, called The Getaway, which is New York City's first full-time sober bar. And so they, they... held an event for a podcast where she interviewed sex columnist tawny laura or laura 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 who um is a sober sex columnist and nick and i nick and i were lucky enough to listen in as they recorded it yeah
1: it was really nice i mean before getting into the actual podcast i'd never been to the getaway before oh right yeah it was my first time going there it was really nice
0: yeah they they've done it right it's it's a really cute Place. The owners are really friendly. They have good drinks. Yeah. You know, like all kinds of drinks. You know, you can get everything from just like a seltzer you've never heard of to a really fancy mocktail, I guess. Yeah. Or,
1: I think I actually don't they don't call it mocktails. Nah, I was I reading like an article about it and they were like against mocktails because it's something fake. Right. It's we're, like they make their own stuff. Right. It just doesn't have alcohol in it. Right.
0: We're kinda of, we're over that term. So zero yeah. proof. Cocktail.
1: Oh, zero proof. That's a cool term.
0: Yeah, I think that's the new thing. Yeah, zero proof.
1: But speaking of sober sex, I could totally see like bringing a date there.
0: Yes, it's a great date spot. And
1: not even like in a weird way. Like you could say, "Hey, you want to go check out this place, The Getaway? Mm -hmm. It's a zero proof bar." And they'd be like, "Oh fuck, I this guy's cool, right? He knows about
0: this place. Yeah,
1: we're definitely gonna bang later." (laughs) (laughs) you could could touch knees (laughs) we were talking about that yeah Yeah. Yeah. but it's like uh, I think it's also nice I mean I'm not I don't know the woman's point of view but it is kind of cool if somebody were to say like hey let's go somewhere that there's not drinks involved you know
0: I would love that it's so considerate yeah yeah I think it's the kind of idea also like when people say why don't you come to my favorite bar in my neighborhood that's two uh, doors down oh, from yeah. my apartment? That's it's like so automatic rude. creep alert. And it's lazy. <laughs> it's lazy. Yeah. It's lazy and creepy. It's both. But it's and also like a
1: hookup thing. I guess too, so. Right? And
0: I, I think I was pretty um, naive about that. Guys have done that to me before. And only like now, now that we're talking about it, I'm like, oh, I guess, yeah, because. It's I, totally
1: a hookup thing because you could go there and it becomes. Automatic thing, like you go to the bar, yeah. have a few drinks, I and then go back to the place, and it's like then you don't talk. It's a hookup thing, and then you never talk to him again. Yeah, you know?
0: the guy, a guy, I the guy did that to me, not recently, but you know, in recent memory, and I and I was totally not on that page. One because I'm sober, but we went to a place in Midtown and you know, I thought we had a really good time and like got along and afterwards he was like, oh, my place is right there. You want to come up for some tea or something? Some tea. Or I don't know what he said. He had some excuse for me to come up and it wasn't like an alcoholic drink obviously. And I said, you know, no, not this time because I wanted to like date this person potentially Um, you know and uh yeah and then i never heard from again
1: yeah it is like if you want to date somebody you normally don't want to sleep with them right away unless you're
0: in love and it's like you can't control yourselves oh yeah that and i think that's obviously different
1: that is different yeah yeah
0: so moving on to this uh Podcast. We don't want to give it all away because they are airing they, in yeah, January. No, they
1: recorded it. They're going to release it on their podcast.
0: You're right. So we just don't want to like take over their podcast. Yeah. But it was interesting to hear their both of their perspectives. Yeah, I think it's
1: just cool that they were having this out in the open because two subjects that are fairly taboo subjects, right? right? Like people don't openly discuss sex and people don't openly discuss sobriety,
0: right? And yeah. combining
1: those two things is like, oh wow, that's a really
0: Hot topic. Yeah,
1: exactly. I will say that they both have a lot of confidence, and they I think do. like we talked about that afterwards. Yeah, because when I was getting sober, I did not have the amount of confidence that they had when it came to sex. Really,
0: right? Well, Ruby's been in a long-term relationship. I That's mean, she she talked about that. She yeah. she was with the same guy that she is now married to, I believe. Yeah. So it was a different experience, and then Tawny. So she decided that she was going to experiment with stopping drinking for a year and blog about her experience. So when she had her first sober sex experience, it wasn't like this is going to be my identity for the rest of my life. I'm going to have to be dealing with this for the rest of my life. or
1: It was an experiment.
0: Right, it was an experiment. Do you remember what she said about it? Her first experience. It was good. It was good. (laughs) So I remember
1: um, her saying that she didn't have a lot of orgasms. She didn't have any orgasms until she became sober. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: she never asked for what she wanted. Right. She never spoke much about you know what worked for her. And then when she got sober, she was a better communicator. It allowed her to be a better communicator. Mm -hmm. She said that you know sobriety has brought her a ton of confidence, Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, that's kind of where we. You know, have maybe have different experiences. I mean, do you remember some of your first times or sexual experiences? It doesn't have to be full blown sex, but do you remember first couple times?
1: I well, I was also like Ruby in a long term relationship right, right, for a right, long right. time. And so there's plenty of times that I've had sober sex. And it was really good. I think for me, I don't know. And I was just a lot younger back then. So I just remember drinking, I would last a lot longer. Okay. When I was on alcohol. And then it became a point where I couldn't even like orgasm. Right, right, it, right, you right. Know?
0: I think that's typical.
1: Yeah. yeah. Is it? Yes. Oh. <laughs> so it's like when you're sober, you just feel everything.
0: You're so not much numbed more, out. You know? yeah. yeah,
1: you're not numbed out. And you're actually like, I think like experiencing sex, like the way it should be like, you're really feeling the other person, like the union between two people. It's Otherwise intimate. like, yeah. Otherwise like you aren't, like, when you're not sober, you're fucked up, it's just, like, a more, like, personal experience to you. Like, you can't even get beyond yourself to feel that other person. You're all in you know your own I mean? head. Yeah, exactly. Or, like, your own experience in your own body and stuff like that. And it's all about you. It's a very selfish sort of thing, I feel like. Or at least it was for me. And so I remember, like, the times having, like, sober sex, it was a lot more, like, the experience was just better. You're
0: aware of the other person. Yeah. It was yeah. like so
1: much better. So I kind of already knew that like sober sex was the better type of sex. It's mm-hmm. just a more intimate type of sex, especially when you're in like a committed relationship with someone and you're like going to deeper levels of intimacy. Right. Like, yeah. So, but putting all that aside, then I think it was probably a similar sort of experience. Like though I didn't really have any hookups sober. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was any one night stands that I had that were sober and so I think for me like that is maybe not an experience that I've had it's always been something where I've genuinely like wanted to get more
0: from the person in yeah, a relationship
1: like more levels of intimacy yeah and it's just being on substances is not a great situation for that.
0: Right now you're you're creating like a cloud of distance. Yeah. And I guess for me
1: it is really sort of like because like my drinking and substance abuse was so tied up with like sex and hooking up and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. It's like when I became sober, that sort of like thing just feels really bad to me. It's like a thing that I can't even really.
0: One equates with the other.
1: Yeah, because then it just, I don't know. You know how they say, like, when you get in recovery, it just, like, ruins everything? Like, you you can't, like, drink anymore because you're like, I know why I'm doing this. I know the underlying reason why I'm doing this, and it's sort of the same thing with sex. It's kind of like, like, I know the underlying reason I'm doing this is not anything good. Yeah, It's like trying to escape from something. Yeah, yeah. That's also, like, some issues that I've had with, like, pushing, like, desire away or pushing sex away and, being, like, that's, like not even something I want to like entertain because I feel like, you know, like maybe there's like bad feelings around that sort of stuff, which is not true. It's just desire. You know,
0: I don't, I think you're fairly, I think it's a common occurrence with men and getting sober um, and having kind of other feelings come up about sex. Just, you know, when you stop using stuff comes to the surface. So if you've had any trauma or, Any other kind of negative experience or feelings or thoughts about yourself or it it, it can bring all that stuff to the surface. And obviously sex is a really powerful thing, and it means so much in our society for different reasons, like different things. Yeah. And so I think when you remove the barrier of alcohol or drugs, it it opens yourself up to a lot of stuff that can come to the surface.
1: Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Mm -hmm. So I don't, and I think, you know, men, obviously it can be harder for them to express feelings and all of that so i think that makes it doubly yeah a bit harder
1: but it is something i've been more open to not just because of like this conversation but everything it's kind of like i think i've just had like an aversion to it
0: Mm -hmm.
1: with like trying to renunciate like everything right i don't think i'm like that anymore i think i'm more open now
0: ready to Couple steps in the other direction.
1: Yeah. To maybe like go out on some dates or something yeah. and like explore desire, not in a way that is, it, it just seems scary to me a little bit. Once you get too close to it, like it's like anything. Cause I you don't like, want to stop. Cause I know how like addicting all this stuff is. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: And like love is addicting and like sex is addicting. Are and all you that scared stuff, you know? that
0: you'll become dependent on that thing and that thing it can't be trusted to stay? Is this too therapy?
1: (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I don't actually know. I haven't explored sex and love and all that kind of stuff really. Like since like I got out. Right. 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 It's just been a thing that I don't really want to go near at all. I know. Yeah. Cause there's there's some aversion. There's some aversion.
0: So that probably means that. Yeah. Usually when there's aversion, there means that there's some work to do there.
1: Yeah. No, there's definitely some work to do there. So I don't think like it's really super healthy to just like push that shit away. And yeah. actually like talking about these things and like even hooking up with people, like I'm not against that. Like, I think like maybe I was against that at a certain point being like, I don't want that. That's bad. Like whatever. And putting all these labels to it. But I think sex is good and sex is positive And like hooking up with people is fine to do. You yeah, know what I mean? There's I, no like, you know, you don't have to make all these things bad or good.
0: It's interesting. I, I experimented with that kind of having more just purely sexual experiences. Yeah, And it, didn't work for me i think for me to enjoy sex i really have to have deeper feelings for people and that's almost unfortunate because it's like i can't it's hard for me to experiment or be kind of you know like the person needs to mean something to me yeah
1: and that's really hard to find yeah it's really easy to find somebody to just have sex with
0: yes yeah and it's yeah i have to kind of be comfortable with them. Not yeah. kind of, I have to be comfortable with them. I think I'm going to be saying a lot more kind ofs and likes and ums in this conversation because yeah. I'm not used to talking about this stuff oh, in a wow, more public way.
1: Sound like me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'll be more awkward.
1: I was like re-listening to the podcast I were doing. I was like, Oh my God, I say like so much, <laughs> but you're right, If you're uncomfortable talking about something,
0: you add filler because yeah. you're not really sure of yourself.
1: But that's why this shit's real.
0: It is real. So. It's real, real.
1: I think it's good. I actually like talking about this stuff and listening to us. It's helped me, well, okay. at least with the sobriety and yeah. being more open about talking about this stuff. So talking about sex is also uncomfortable for me as well
0: and we actually haven't right. really gotten into it the conversations about sex because a lot of the things that we talk about on this podcast we've kind of already had those conversations in real life yes and so yeah. we haven't had this conversation in real life really so yeah. it's also gonna be adding some more yeah. discomfort for me because yeah. i haven't rehearsed it in any way oh
1: me too <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, but that's
1: what i'm saying i'm coming to like a conclusion or not even a conclusion but i'm thinking of different ways about being like at first, I was like, no hookups. I'm never doing that. It, also, because it was so tied up with my using and drinking and drugs and all that. You yeah. know? They all were, like, commingled together. together. Yeah. And then once you, like, remove something, like, maybe you should explore that. I think it's fine, like, exploring and being curious about this stuff. But for me, I just was just, like, shutting it down, being like, nope, I'm going to become a monk. You no,
0: know? I think curiosity is one of the best yeah. attributes to have. I think whenever that's what advice is given, you know, instead of feeling judgment about something, be curious about it, be curious yeah. about emotion you're having, be curious about a feeling or a craving or an instinct you're having yeah. instead of having a judgment on it yeah. automatically.
1: Um, so Lacey, why don't you tell us about your first experience having sober sex?
0: I was so nervous. I was shaking.
1: Like, what happened you were out on a date with somebody?
0: No, it was someone I was in a relationship with, but or, you know, like a dating relationship. It hadn't it hadn't been given a name. And I
1: This is after you got sober. Yes. Okay.
0: And yeah, I just remember it was a decision I'd made to start going towards and it was it it just I was super nervous. And I think this is, you know, there was times when I've had sex sober, like as a person in addiction and active addiction, like I've not, it's not that I had sex every time I had sex, it was drinking though. That's definitely the majority of, you know, I wouldn't wake up in the morning and still be drunk. I mean, sometimes that happened, but yeah. obviously you've had sex not sober before. I mean, totally sober before, but it's different when you know that this is the way your life is going to be, you know, and experimenting with that for the first time and I think I had I do and I similar stuff with what Tani was speaking about which is I mean when you were talking about how when you have sex or when you had sex in an active addiction it was all about kind of your experience I think and I don't know if this is typical for women but I think it is and you know I'm not going to make the you know the the sweeping statement that it is but I think a lot of women experience this where their sexual life is all about the man and like how the man is mm-hmm. experiencing them and their body and like doing things just for the man. Like that is definitely what my experience was like. I, it's not I've received pleasure and have orgasm as an active addict, but I have always lived my life as a sexual person for somebody else, not for myself. And it's something I'm still working on. And that, is, that was part of my let's see if I can have more hookup sex as a sober person, like conscien- conscious, positive sexual experience with a lot of communication. And what happened was I ended up being more in, like, kind of typical relationship stuff with the people that I set out to have more hookup sex with. There's our dinner. <laughs> so we also want to acknowledge that... Nick and I both identify as cisgender and also straight. So this is pretty specific experience from both of us. And that's it. Yeah, I just wanted to acknowledge that.
1: Thanks for acknowledging that. Yeah. Have you ever been curious about that?
0: Yeah, I've had experiences, but I think also I was I you know, I couldn't I couldn't relax into it. Yeah. It was more about what is this? I was more in my head, you know. It was it was difficult to just kind of relax. So, I wouldn't say enjoyed that either. Yeah. Yeah. What about you?
1: I actually yeah. After like I uh, not that I actually had like the full experience of mm-hmm. it, but yeah, I kind of explored that. It's or a not fuller like, experience. Yeah. Um. I was open to it. I think I do believe like when people say like sexuality is like the spectrum. Yeah, it's you a know? gradient. Yeah, and you're not fully one thing. It's almost like. Alcohol and drugs, I, you know, I think everyone's a spectrum of that. uh uh-huh. yeah. So I think, anyways, like, back to sexuality, yeah, I do believe that. So I'm open to it, but, again, like, it wasn't something that I necessarily, like, enjoyed. Yeah. Also, yeah. maybe I wasn't even in the proper head, head frame for it, too. Headspace. Headspace, yeah. So, yeah, I think, like, you know, these last few months, like, just taking a break from all of this stuff, it's almost bringing it back to substances and sobriety it's i was able to like look at my relationship with substances and alcohol by taking a break from it Uh and i think i've done that to a certain extent with i think that's good yeah being able to take a step back but then it's like look we were talking about before it's like well taking a full step back or taking a total step back and being like why do i even want this in my life Mm -hmm. because this is like something that's going to bring pain and suffering Mm -hmm. like just getting close to another person you think it is at least it it totally is right i think like falling in love with somebody and doing something like that is like one of the most courageous things that you can do because you know that that's gonna end up in some suffering at some point
0: because it always changes it's not
1: it always changes the other person's gonna die at some point right you know Mm -hmm.
0: i did that i it wasn't necessarily about the sex for me it was more about trying to get in a relationship. So I was dating for a while. And actually, I didn't talk about this in our dating episode, but when I was newly, so, well, I, I did the, the frantic everyday dating. But then it was it was still, I was dating and I was choosing the wrong people because I didn't have a lot of self-confidence in myself. You know, I didn't feel great about being in recovery and what that meant and who I was in recovery. And so I was dating people that weren't quite up to snuff you know, in, in sobriety. So I took a break because I realized I was making the wrong decisions and I knew it was because I felt like shit about myself. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I was also, I felt like I was overweight and I didn't look good and I kind of like blamed it. I was like, oh, I'll take six months off and lose weight, which is not maybe the healthiest way of looking at it.
1: But what were you doing with these people? Like what, Were they were,
0: it was just, they weren't. Like, they were cl- clearly not the best people for me.
1: No, oh, I like those kind of people. I know, because there's some people that I've dated that I'm like, I know this lady's bad news, but it's super fun.
0: Yeah. In a bad,
1: like, awful way.
0: Yeah. And I also end up just, they become the priority. Like, I don't have the boundaries, or I didn't have the boundaries to say, no, this is important to yeah. me. And I'm still working on that. Because when you create boundaries, you test whether someone really likes you or not. Oh, for
1: sure. I've been like that, too. Yeah. In fact, like, there was one person I was seeing that she would get really mad if I didn't text her back right away.
0: I think I know what this is. Yeah,
1: it was just, like, a bad situation. But it was also this situation that I couldn't get out of because it was also kind of, like, exciting.
0: She was, uh, Yeah. <laughs> You would tell me things about her and I'd be like, Nick. Yeah. She is not no, good. No, I know.
1: She's I mean, you know you know that it's not good news, but it's also very like exciting.
0: Yeah, I know. It's funny because the stuff that she displayed, which is kind of stereotypical female behavior. Yeah crazy female behavior, I would never do any of that because I, the worst thing to me is to be labeled like a crazy woman. Yeah. That's, you know, and it's sexist, you know, it's, so that's some, in, that's some ingrained sexism on my part, I guess.
1: I guess I've never like encountered a person that was like
0: that. <laughs> She had some behavior that, like, that was more like you know that Kate Hudson movie, "How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days." Yeah. That kind of was like in that realm. But you were eating it up. <laughs> well, I guess Matthew McConaughey in that movie wasn't. Was yeah, kind of all about it. Too.
1: Yeah, I wasn't also not in the best headspace at that time too. So right, you're in like,
0: earlier. I was in earlier
1: recovery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, once I got more self-respect, I was like, I'm not fucking falling for this shit anymore.
0: You would block her on your phone yeah, and then you would not block her yeah. and then you'd block her. No,
1: you know what the thing is? Cause I was using an iPhone and so I'd, it'd be blocked on my iPhone, Oh, but, but not then on, on my computer, computer that's right. it would be there. So it was like this secret way around it. And, and it's not like I would contact her. She would just randomly like contact me.
0: And is she still blocked on your phone?
1: She is blocked on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. But I, we actually did meet up a couple months ago, mm-hmm. I think. And now like I'm in a t- t- totally different
0: Headspace. Yeah,
1: frame. And I could totally see, like, suffering there. Because she was drinking. And it was, she was like
0: daily suffering with her. Yeah, but no, but would... it's
1: been, like, I'd taken a long break from this, you know? Yeah. And, like, I also went there not with the intention to, like, hook up with her or do anything, you know? So yeah. I could just see, like...
0: Oh, her like own her.
1: Suffering. I could see her suffering. Yeah, yes. you know, she was getting drunk, and then she was also just talking about, like, oh, like, we should just hook up, we should do this, and it was, like...
0: she's reaching out because she was in pain. Yeah,
1: yeah, and to me, like, I could see, like, a mirror of myself and, like, how I was, like, when I was like that, yes. you know what I mean? And so... Yeah. It was not uh, very... Attractive. Yeah, at all.
0: That happened to me with one of the last guys I was dating when I, I decided that I wasn't made three. Right <laughs> choices he was an active addiction and it just became very clear to me that and this is what I mean by choosing people that were clearly not the best choice
1: yes okay I totally relate with that now yeah
0: (laughs) so he I just witnessed and it, it just I've never felt anything like it actually it was really hard for me to be around because it made me feel those feelings again of kind of despair, I guess, Yeah. of not being able to face anything, being stuck in something. Yeah. So I don't know. I I, I could just feel it in my body, what he was feeling. Yeah. That's how I felt
1: too. Yeah.
0: And I could not be around it anymore. Like for another second, I remember I just,
1: that's how I felt too. Yeah. I totally got out of it. And then she, of course, like, berated me for not being a man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. I remember the time that I bad. like once interjected something and you had just broken up and she wanted to like hang out the next day. And I, and I basically wrote a text for you because you asked me to yeah. about, you know, Oh, let's take some time for ourselves, you know, take a break. And she wrote back what you're a fucking pussy. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Uh, so, Let's hope she listens to this. Yeah, I don't think she's going to. Okay. But. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's like, you know, it becomes harder to meet people. I think that was one of the oh. questions like that yeah. we, I think was asked during the, that podcast, but um, it didn't really s- get answered no. in a no. way that I... Re- it did but, get answered, but not in a way that I related to.
0: Yeah, somebody asked a really good question. Like, what takes... Plate, what's the thing that takes the place of alcohol to basically smooth over that moment of wanting to have sex with someone but it being awkward yeah and the answer is nothing <laughs> there is no replacement. you just have to feel the awkwardness
1: well i think that's a good answer
0: yeah yeah that, i'm saying that's the that's my answer to it
1: no i'm talking about that that was that was a good answer but i think uh, People were talking about, like, what do you do when you're... How do you even meet people sober?
0: I don't know. Um, that woman, Tawny, met her dude in an AA and, uh, yeah. meeting. And I'm like, well, n- okay, now I have to start going to AA meetings. And I'm not
1: doing that. And you're not even supposed to do that.
0: Well, I think it's okay to meet people if it's not your home group. And the other no. person has... Yes, has a good chunk of sobriety. Yeah,
1: if someone has, like, a year or more.
0: Yeah, that's legit. Then,
1: yeah, that's legit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, Nick, do not prevent me from meeting someone. No, 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 no,
1: no. That's totally legit. I just feel like when you're in early sobriety, you're just like all over. Th- I mean, my no. sponsor was like, don't date for an entire year. Yes. Yeah,
0: so that's That that's was actually good smart advice. advice. No, it's such good I advice. I totally didn't
1: take his advice. But
0: yeah, yeah, I didn't do that. If either. I
1: could rewind the clock, I would like totally do that. You know,
0: I think I needed to do what I did to learn the lessons that I have. For
1: sure. I wouldn't yeah. be
0: here and I'm happy of where I am. So. Yeah.
1: But, uh, you know, I think we talked about this a little bit on the dating episode, but just being upfront with people about yeah. your sobriety, and also now, like this getaway bar,
0: if yeah. I go on a date,
1: I'm gonna suggest going to a getaway bar Good. For a date.
0: that's a great idea, yeah, and, it's a nice place,
1: and then it's like maybe a less I don't think it even comes up when you're asking the person, but then if they ask you on the date, it's easier to talk about,
0: oh, like if you're in recovery,
1: yeah, or you just don't, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I, it's interesting. People have asked me. It's it's. I'm always kind of. I always sit back and see. Yeah. Are, what do you how say? How are they going to ask what me? What do you this?
1: Yeah. Oh, you say okay. Let's just like role play. Okay. We're like on a date. All right. It, like, I
0: also read the person, so it really depends. Like, oh,
1: bitters and soda. That's an interesting drink.
0: Oh well, no. At this point, but they I already know, know not, I say I'm sober. That's
1: what I'm saying. Oh. I'm smart enough to know that a bitters and soda is not.
0: But in my profile, I've said I'm sober. Oh. Already. Because I always do that.
1: Oh, so when you go to the bar and you order a bitters and soda. Well,
0: I really you, try not to go to bars anymore at all.
1: You're ruining this role play. <laughs> like,
0: what normally happens is it's either a restaurant or like a walk in the park.
1: Oh, so you don't drink or something? No, we're role playing. Oh, okay. Oh, you oh, don't drink?
0: Okay. No, I don't drink.
1: Uh, that's weird.
0: Then I'd be like, oh. this guy's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Now, usually it's like, oh, so you don't drink? And then I would say, no, ever? No. What about pot? Not that either. Oh, and w- so what I used to do is people would say, oh, is, so why don't you drink? And yeah. I, I would say, well, I have an Irish family. And, and normally people say, oh, <laughs> totally get it.
1: Oh, because Irish people drink a lot.
0: Yeah. And so I don't like to do that anymore. So like, I now I just say.
1: Disparaging your heritage.
0: I just, it's so lazy, it's, it's, it's a <laughs> lazy way of dealing with it. It's like how you used to say you didn't, you didn't drink cause you like to meditate it's similar kind of like. That's lazy? Yes. Cause it's not being fully upfront with your.
1: I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's kind of like, I don't want to deal with that. So, and so I say I don't drink because I'm in recovery. I don't know. I haven't done this in a while. Like, oh, actually, the last couple people I've dated have been in recovery. So, Oh, so
1: then that's the perfect sitch. The guys that you picked up at AA meetings. Not yet. No?
0: On my list of things to do.
1: There are, like, there is a big social scene to AA. I did ask the- A lot of people. A lot of good-looking people, too.
0: Yeah. I asked a guy that I was dating or that if he would pick me up at a meeting, and he said no. He's ethical like
1: that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, so that's the type of guy that you want to...
0: I guess, yeah. but then how do you get them to ask you? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it has to be a thing. I th- That's the thing, like, if you go to, like, one meeting just for the intent of, like, I know picking someone up, that's not the way to do it. It's that's more like an organic to. thing that you keep going to the meeting, you keep seeing the same person. But then, then it becomes
0: your home group, and then you're not allowed to date them. Yeah. I was talking to somebody today about some of the AA meetings that are, like, less... Um, big book thumping. Yeah. You know, less maybe, you know, strict and would be okay with me, with my program. Yeah. And uh, he gave me some good starter. And actually he is funny. He said that he started going to meetings at a certain place because there were cute girls there that went there. And I said, Oh, I can relate to that. I mean, not just more than that. That's what I want to do. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, Hey, whatever,
1: whatever keeps you coming back.
0: Yeah, and he and then he went on to um, give me some good meetings that also had social stuff afterwards. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So maybe I'll check that out. All right. Yeah.
1: But um, yeah, this was an interesting conversation, at least for me. I feel like I've there's a lot of growth that comes in these conversations. Right? For like sure. Like how you yeah. said we haven't really talked about this. Yeah. And I've just been on a totally separate thing with sex, and I think, you know... Reading this book, actually, I'm not really that far into it, but being open to desire, it's the name of the book, but I think that's like a feeling that I'm having with everything. And I did this a lot with substance and alcohol and being open to the craving and sitting with the craving yes, and feeling what it's like, you know? And I don't do that with sex. I think it like sex comes up and I'm kind of like, Block either like I automatically react to it or like, yeah, I block it, you know? There's no like sitting with it. It's like something you act on like very quickly. Yeah. Or push away, you know?
0: I think I I've tried to be more conscious of that, like how my body reacts to somebody and as a way of kind of honoring myself more and paying attention to what, my body's doing yeah, and I like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's, and it's also one of the things, this is interesting, not something I vocalized, but I will, a while ago, I think I mentioned unless I edited it out for some reason that I kind of, I avoid eye contact with men because I think, you know, if you make eye contact with a stranger, there's, and just avoiding uncomfortable situations.
1: I guess it's an, it feels like an invitation. Yeah. Sort
0: of. Yeah, I guess so. So I'm going to try and start making eye contact with people that I find attractive, Ooh. like strangers and stuff. Sexy. And I think that's more about, and then like seeing how my body feel, you know, just kind oh, cool. of yeah. like experimenting in that yeah. way. Yeah.
1: You're open as long as you do it in like a safe.
0: Way. Oh no. Right. And like, I think that's, it's not like anything will actually happen. It's just more
1: like, what's the feeling that comes up?
0: Yeah, and also when I meet people on dates or whatever, do I feel it in my body because I'm totally in my head and I'm embarrassed about this, but it's always mm, what will our house look like in five years and, you know, who will move? Is, is, art, is his art good enough to put on the walls or will I? Wow.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> How is this all going to shake you do that out? You on the
1: first date?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean yeah it's it's like well what's his family like and will I get well, can I picture myself going on vacation with him Can I picture my parents liking this guy it's it's kind of looking at the big picture as opposed to just how am I feeling how is my body reacting and I've tried recently to kind of honor my body more mm. in general yeah I find that I go right to my head and listen to my head yeah. And your head lies to you all the time. Yeah. Right? So your body tells the truth. I don't know. For me, my body tells the truth wow. a lot more.
1: That's awesome. I'm yeah. going to try that too.
0: Yeah. And I think for me, it started with the practice of stretching in the morning and kind of listening to my body and stretching and being patient with it. That, that from there grew to the, the more kind of sexual based oh. stuff. Yeah.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: We shall see.
1: Cool. Well, that's good stuff. I think we should
0: wrap it up there. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. we'll have other episodes about this. Yeah. I mean, and I have other people on to talk about their experiences. Ooh, oh, for sure. I already have people in mind I want to have kind of come you on. Do? Yes. Oh, I do. All right.
1: Cool. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. Do you want to send us out?
1: Sure. Uh, we are on all the distribution networks now. So. We got it set up. You can find us on Yay. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast. Is that the one yeah, you told I think me? So. You said yeah. that was the all the the cool kids were on that one. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not a cool kid, so no, I didn't know about that one. No, you said that so <laughs> wow, so quickly. Um, but definitely uh, check us out. We would love it if you could subscribe to us. If you give us a rating, if you leave us a comment, we'd love to hear from you. And, yeah, if you actually want to get in contact with us, you can get in contact with us. That's on the social network, Instagram. We have an Instagram. Yeah, it's yeah.
0: at Soberco Co. Podcast yeah. for Instagram and Twitter. Do you want to remind the folks who made our wonderful music they're going to hear in about one second?
1: Oh, yeah. Our intro and outro music is by John Tessier, and it's courtesy of a great company that does a lot of music licensing called said, so sounds
0: we'll see you next week. <music> ah, fuck. We're going to have to like edit this part out. Okay. That's fine. But, um,